Let's get to it. This is Sebi Podcast. Welcome, welcome, welcome to the Sebi Podcast show, streaming on you here on WNSC Radio. And Mike and I back here in action. And we've got a lot to talk about. You know, we've got the All-Star Game reactions. Um, We've got the second half of the NBA season. But first, Mike, I want to get your thoughts here of the AAF. Um, This is an American Alliance football league that's been started post-Super Bowl. And and, and going on with what you've seen so far, what are your thoughts of the AAF? The NFL, these players want to have NFL contracts. They want to compete at the highest level at some point in time. Um, but, But for right now... They, they they get a chance to put their put their talents to the test against real competition, and and it's, it's great to see, man. And hope and it, it it also sets up for a great story because because think about somebody that starts off in the AF, AAF and then could possibly move on to the NFL and 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 possibly have a great career. It sets up for a great story. Like look where he came from. You know what I mean? So I, I definitely enjoy it. I definitely enjoy it. There is. I think that there's going to, I do believe the NFL is still light years above the AF. You're talking about endorsement deals. You're talking about um, finances. You're talking about popularity. The NFL is the second most polarizing sport um, in, in, in pretty much in American sports. I mean, they make the second most revenue behind baseball. So I, I think, I still think the NFL, the national football league is light years ahead of the AF, but this is this is really cool. Um, it's not necessarily the D League like in the NBA, but I do think it's a little bit better. Um, but to kind of touch up on the points that you said there, you've got ex former NFL players, guys like Trent Richardson, former right. number one overall pick from Alabama, playing for the Birmingham Iron, um, and, and players like that. So it's it's very compelling, very enticing to see. My only concern is this: like, can they keep this pace up? We've been through two games. Um, I believe the ratings have been astronomical thus far. Yeah. Can this continue? And where do you see it progressing moving on forward? I think we have to see. I think we have to wait to see how this season progresses because, um, in, in, in doing my research, I, I noticed that the, that the AFF is going through some financial problems right now. So we'll we'll see how this season progresses and how it moves forward. But as far as as far as excitement, they they've definitely caught the fans' eye and. The first couple of weeks, I th- I think they've outdid the numbers that they expected, anticipated coming in. So, um, I th- I think it can definitely it has potential. It's it's showing it's just another way for players to get exposure and another uh, another outlet for players to have fun and and, and play the game that they love. So I definitely th- I, de- I definitely think it has a chance to take off because 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 the NFL is so like the, your chances of getting into the NFL are very slim. So like you give you give players another outlet to play it. It, it, it could bode well for you. Absolutely. And that's what I think that's been so interesting and eye-opening to me is the media audience and, and mm-hmm. the audience that they've been getting. You're talking about millions and millions of people that, and some of them may not even be NFL fans, and some of them may be NFL fans, transitioning and watching the AAF as well. And, and I think the AF has done a, a great job not trying to compete with the NFL mm-hmm. throughout their season. They understand that the NFL season runs through February. They've they've done a phenomenal job starting their league post NFL, post Super Bowl, 
that way that they can get the national recognition. That's been that's what's been a little bit interesting for me. Right. They have their own rules. They have their own hits. Like I saw a couple quarterback hits in the AF that I know. And if it was in the NFL, we'd have seen about three or four flags come out. So Absolutely. Their rules are a lot different. It's like they have their own their own lane and they're staying in it. I like it. Definitely there. Definitely there. Any guys in particular that you're interested in watching? Any guys uh, that, that's caught your eye in, in, in teams throughout these first two weeks That's that's been like, man, like, why did this guy get a check in the NFL? <laughs> yeah, yeah. For, for, former safety for the New York Giants, Will Hill. Uh, I, I definitely want to see him play. See, see him play more because he was one of my favorite players when he, when I was watching him play for the Giants. Um, I, it, it hasn't really been too many players that stuck out, but um, team wise, I definitely I definitely like San Antonio. Um, I de- and I just I just like watching the game. I don't really I don't really care for the teams and stuff, but as far as I, it looks like it's great competition. I saw one game this past weekend where it was tied at 29 apiece and the guy got a quarter pick six. And that, that was the Orlando Apollos. Yeah, and, 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 right. and that was the game winner. So it was definitely it was definitely excitement. So I definitely I definitely want to learn more learn more about some of these teams and learn more about some of these players and and and, and get more feel get more of a feel for this league. Undoubtedly. And for me, I think I'd go with Trent Richardson. This is a guy that was the third overall pick out of Alabama, a former Heisman Trophy winner uh, under Nick Saban. His first years in the Cleveland Browns organization ran over well over a thousand yards, mm-hmm. uh, double digit touchdowns. And then since then has, I don't know whether it's been psychologically or whether it's been under decline, this guy right here has just hasn't been the same. And so Let's see if he reinvents himself in the A. Let's see if he if goes out there and dominates and, and perhaps gets another call in the and one NFL franchise. And that's a guy that stands out to me that I'm going to definitely have a close eye look on. Yeah, no doubt, no doubt. Yeah, because, yeah, yeah like, like you said, he, he was one of those running backs coming out of uh, college winning the Heisman Trophy that you really <laughs> thought that could pan out in the NFL like, and be one of the great running backs, kind of, kind of sort of what Mark Ingram is doing right now. Right, but it I, like for some reason it just didn't pan out. It, it really didn't, and his his career went downhill fast. It didn't, it didn't take slow. It went down quick. <laughs> well, one thing that's certain for sure, guys, is it's not the NFL, but it's a good secondary, or it's like I like to call it, a good JUCO to football. Gotcha. Folks, don't go anywhere because when we come back, myself and Mike, we're gonna get into some All Star Weekend reactions. Go ahead and touch upon the skills challenge, the rising stars, the three-point contest, the slam dunk contest. Folks, you're listening to the Sebi Podcast Show, streaming only here on WNSC Radio. Hello, my name is Ian Saunders with Saunders Property Group, powered by Home Expo Realty. I'm a sponsor, proud sponsor, and a big fan of the SEBI podcast show. Make sure you tune in. Just wanted to share uh, a few nuggets with you about the Central Florida real estate market. Uh, Population growth is about 7%, which is among the top in the country, especially here in Central Florida. And I got news for you. If you're a renter, average rent is about $1,600 a month. What if I told you you can purchase a home, a $200,000 home, and pay less than that? Well, we can show you how. Uh, just wanted to 
be sure that you guys understand that at this point, interest rates have dropped to a 10-month low, so that means the money is cheap and you get more bang for your buck. So if you're looking to learn more, definitely touch bases with me. Definitely tune in to Sebi Podcast Show. And in fact, hashtag Sebi Podcast Show, and I'll help you get lender credits, pay off your closing costs. Hey, thanks for your time. Have a good one. We're back here on the Sebi Podcast Show, streaming here on WNSC Radio. Folks, we want to say that your appreciation does not go unnoticed. You could be anywhere in this world. You could be in a third world country. You could be in a small town. You could be anywhere nationwide. But you're spending it with us. And we appreciate that here on the Sebi Podcast Show. Mike, I want to go ahead and, and, and stand out to you. Something that stand out to you in the All-Star Game or any of the All-Star festivities throughout the weekend. Um... Definitely, my favorite part of the All-Star Weekend was the three-point contest. It was just amazing to see uh, sharpshooters go at it. We saw Steph Curry put on the show the first round, second round. Joe Harris coming out of nowhere and doing his thing. Shout out to him. Steph Curry had, had done pretty well. Um, it, was, it, was, it, was, it was a great performance. It was great competition. Uh, I definitely enjoyed watching the skills challenge as well. I, didn't, I, I, never, I, I never really enjoyed I never really cared for the skill challenge. Um, in, in previous All Star games, but it was something about this this skills challenge right here that made me wanted to tune in, and I I really enjoyed it. I had, I, I had picked Jason Tatum to, at the start to winning the whole thing, but I didn't think he was going to win it off a half court shot. Right, I mean, right. You know what I'm saying? It was that, that was exciting right there. But I do think they need to change a couple of those rules with the All Star skills challenge, though. I don't think you should be allowed to throw the ball all the way uh, past half court like Trey Young did, and then run after the ball. I, I, I I I don't think you should be able to shoot a half court shot like that. I, I feel like you should have to stop where you at on those two mats, east side, left and right, and pull up from three right there. I just feel like I just feel like for some reason that's that's just only fair. You know what I mean? I'm just looking at it from Trey Young from Trey Young's perspective. Like, I mean, if if I if, if we were shooting half court shots, I I would have shot a half court shot first. You know what I mean? So I, I'm just looking at it from a fair perspective. But all in all, it was a great weekend. I enjoy, I actually enjoyed the All Star game as well. The All-Star game was dope because, you know, it it, it kind of was like a three-point contest, but it, it got intense and it got it's like the, the real athletes showed showed out and every and everybody everybody balled out and did their thing, especially Dame Damian Lillard in that third quarter bringing Team LeBron back. Uh, team Giannis came out firing. They 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 was the underdogs all week. They kept hearing all this Team LeBron hype, but but Team but Team LeBron woke up and finally started playing some defense and. It got intense, but that's what the All-Star game always has been. It's been like a pickup game for the first three quarters, and then the fourth quarter, that's when they turn up and start playing defense. So that's that's just the norm and, and, and what, we, what we come to expect from the All-Star game. But it was a great weekend. I really I really enjoyed all the festivities. The dunk contest was probably the thing I didn't enjoy the most because the, some of those dunks are things that we've seen already. You know what I mean? We, we, you know, it's, it's hard to get excited for dunks that, that, that have been recycled over the years. So, But I, I feel like we, if if some of the big time stars would come out for the dunk contest and play and do it, then I, I feel like it, it would be a little bit better because then we would anticipate some real stuff. Like next year, we're not gonna have to worry about that. We know who's gonna be in the dunk. We contest. already know. <laughs> we already know. Like it's 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 already it's already signed, sealed, and delivered. But you know that that was probably the part of the weekend that I didn't really care for as much. But all in all, I enjoyed it. It was a great weekend. Team World versus USA was pretty dope as well too. Right, and, and I think those two were my highlight of the uh, festivities. 
the Rising Stars Challenge that Saturday, uh, that Friday night, um, along with the All Star Game on Saturday, on Sunday evening, per se. Excuse me. Um, you had Rising Stars that Kyle Kuzma, um, who's starting to make a name for himself, or did he lit it up? I mean, this guy right here, Kyle Kuzma. I, I know this was off the show. Um, you know, no defensive team play whatsoever. No liquor right. defense. Nobody even put. Uh, uh, did nobody even stood low and did any things? That's how bad it was. But nevertheless, Kyle Kuzma really showing why he is one of the future and bright stars of the NBA. Alongside Jason Tatum, did well as well, thirty points and nine boards, and, and, and players like that really stood out to me. But I have a problem here, Mike, and, and I'm gonna address this to you. My problem is is this All Star game game itself. Um. I understand that it's it's a popularity game. It's 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 for show. The fans want to get there and they want to have excitement. We all love fireworks. We like dunks. We like three point shooting. That's not a problem. My problem is this: if I were the you know commissioner of the NBA, mm-hmm. I would take a playbook out of. The major league baseball commissioner, Bud Sealing. I take a playbook. I take I take a a, a a little note off of his playbook. And this is why the MLB, the baseball all-star game, is regarded as one of the best all-star games now because their rules are it's National League versus American League. You get obviously get the best players on each league and you join at a venue for the all-star game, but their rules are different. You see the competitive nature of it. Obviously, they get paid uh, some bonus incentives, but the winner of that game gets home field in the World Series. Well, if I'm the the NBA commissioner, I would want to have... We've got to have... we got to change something of the competitive nature of the game. I'm not saying if we're going to raise the incentive, whether it be a, a larger bonus for the team that wins... But for me to see more guys go at it defensively, you know, I want to see some competitive nature. What if, you know, he came out, the the commissioner, and said the winner of this, whether it be Team LeBron or Team Giannis, the winner of this would get home court. Whether that be Giannis Giannis representing the East and LeBron James representing the Western Conference, whichever conference wins, this would get home court in the NBA Finals. Boy, I tell you, you see Kawhi Leonard 94 feet mm-hmm. starting to defend. You'll see Paul George, the two-way player that he is. You will see LeBron James reinvert himself to uh, prime LeBron James in Miami. You would see some defensive prowess in that game. And that's all I asked for. Fireworks. I love the three-point shooting. I love the dunks. But you can't tell me that every single possession... I- I'm not really an analytics guy, but watching that game, there was... 15 possessions straight where guys weren't even running back on defense. Right. Like, it, it was just horrible to watch. And, and I understand, you know, it, it's it's for show. It's for showmanship. Um, you know, you've got celebrities there. Guys like uh, uh, McMill and J. Cole. Shout out to McMill and J. Cole. They did a phenomenal oh, job, especially in the, in the halftime show as well. Um, definitely buzzing the excitement there in Spectrum Arena in Charlotte. But all we ask for is for a little bit of 
of competitive nature. Now, obviously, you know, I, I watching the game, I thought that Giannis team was going to win. I mean, they got off to that hot start, that quick start. And then you saw the bench, the role players of LeBron's teams, guys like Bradley Beal, mm-hmm. Thompson, and Damian Lillard, where they could, they just couldn't miss yes, midway through that third quarter, quarter. And that enabled Team LeBron to come back and definitely come back and win the fourth and Kevin Durant ultimately winning the MVP. That part of the aspect I like because that shows that, hey, LeBron ultimately, when he's retired, wants to be and own the team in the NBA, of course. That shows that I can draft and that shows that, okay, having our reserves come back for us from, from a large deficit of 20 plus would be great. Well, what if we had that and we implemented it for something that was significant, more for as in terms of the playoffs, for an NBA Finals home court advantage. Right. And that's where I think that the NBA could take a little bit of the baseball playbook and insert it in our game. Because I tell you this, if you would have seen Kyrie Irving put up at least a bunch of shots, you would have seen Team Giannis, uh, whether it be Steph Curry, running pick and rolls and running actual half-court sets and these coaches running plays for them. So, a, a thing I ask, moving on forward from the NBA, is perhaps, let's try to get a playbook from what the MLB uh, All-Star game is doing. That's an interesting take. I never actually thought of it that way. That's like, that, that would, that would you right. If it was ever a way to bring some defense, yeah, money is a thing. Yeah, bonuses, they pay for bonuses and stuff, but if it was ever a way to get some defense in the All-Star game, is the, that's, that's number one, because that's that's deciding everything. That that that'll make all the stars come out. But um, you know, you know, uh, I I I think it would be highly un, unlikely because the NBA commissioner is and basically with him making it a, a team, LeBron versus Team Giannis or Team LeBron versus Team Steph Curry. He's basically put the All Star game in the players' hands. Right. And, they and, and him miss. And the East, they, they dismiss the East and the West. Thing. Right. right. And, 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 and 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 him doing that. Is, is basically saying, look, you guys can basically just go out there, and put on the show. Yeah, you don't have to, you, you don't have to compete at the highest level like you do every on on a given night. But go out there, and put on the show. And he's basically let them. And you know, you know what the players are gonna do. The players are gonna reserve themselves because they don't want to get hurt. That's the that's that's where I'm at with it. So so when I when I see that, I, I already know like it's. But if you have that incentive, you're right. You never know. You never know what 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 might come out of it. That is well, how about this? How about we petition Mike for you to be, um, you know, the next NBA commissioner and and make this happen? Ah. <laughs> what you think? Yeah, why don't we uh, go on on a rant and and go to City Hall and rant for this? Because I would love to see this. Now, obviously, we it, it, I I get your argument. It wouldn't work with the East and the West not being existing anymore. Uh, whereas it's it's an all players thing, yeah. but if if it were like kind of like you said, if you could raise the incentive, let's say the winner gets a quarter of a million or or something like that, I just want to see more competitive defense. I yes, we like the one seventy eights to one sixty fours; those are cool. But can we get a one? I don't. Know, we're not gonna play defense. It's an all star game. We're not gonna be playing defense every possession. But can we get? A one seventeen to one thirteen. Can can we get a one oh five to one ten? Yeah. That, I, I asked for that. I, I feel you and, and you know this 
like nowadays it's hard to play defense in regular games with these with these rules. You know what I mean? So, so I, I see I see I see where you're coming from because so it's like like this this generation of players are so trained to be passive with all these different rules and stuff. They can't even play real defense in real life. So when they get to an All Star game, they're definitely not thinking about playing defense. It's like a it's like a it's like the league playing a mental game with the players a little bit. Yeah, definitely, definitely there, and it's gonna be very interesting um moving on in the latter parts of next year and moving on forward how this all-star game is going to evolve i love the fact how they televised the mm-hmm. draft and and things of that sort um and and what i'd like to see is is if they can do some sort of like way that you know they can have a guy trade in between kind of like what lebron did with Giannis midway through right. that draft where he traded for right. Ben Simmons and gave up right. Russell Westbrook. I think that shows GM, that, that shows um, game shift. So I'd like to see more of that. In that aspect, I understand. But all we ask, man, we ask for some defense. That's I I, I, I pride myself in defense playing basketball. That's all we ask for. You know, I, I, that's all Absol- we ask for. <laughs> Absolutely, Sebi. I, I was a defensive player when I played basketball myself. I had to play defense, so I, I feel you on that. But Sebi, I do have one question for you. I, I noticed something about Team LeBron. Team LeBron, I wanted to get to get to opinion on this. Right. Did you notice that majority of Team LeBron's picks were free agents? That's an interesting. Because I, I wonder, I wonder, was there was there a, you know, I, LeBron is a very smart man. You know, what I mean, we we we, we all know this. Extremely. Do you, say, do you, do you think that it's possible that that was that that there was a reason behind that? I don't think so, but I, but the irony of it is it's a little <laughs> bit funny. Uh, you picked up Kyrie Irving, you picked up right. KD and Kawhi. Clay Thompson. I mean, it, it, and, and Clay Thompson. Uh, the only guy in the starting line that wasn't a free agent is James Harden. Right. Uh, but you picked up Clay Thompson. Um, and, and the heck, if he could have his hands on Kimberly, I'm pretty Probably. sure he would. So I think LeBron came in this draft with the notion of I would want to pick the best roster possible to right. win this. I, I thought that he wanted to take this serious and 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 knowing that this meant a lot to him in, in All-Star game. Knowing that, you know, he's all about basketball and he wanted to get the best team possible. But it is ironic that he did pick a lot of free agents and who knows, in that locker room or maybe in their practices, maybe he was doing a little bit of recruitment coming to LA. Or perhaps you saw the uh, videos with KD and Kyrie inside of those uh, um, the right. hallways in the arenas, uh, chit-chatting right. privately. We don't know what the, those whispers are. So I thought that the dynamic and, and the irony of it was a little bit interesting to me. Well, what's your thoughts on that? Yeah, yeah, I thought it was as well. It was like everybody getting together. It was almost like it was almost like players were on a recruit recruiting party. Yeah, I mean, you had all you had the best players in the world. These are the best. These are the best players in our league coming together, competing with each other. But they're also getting to know one another, they're like filling each other out to see, you know, could this possibly be my future teammate or something like that? You never know what was going going on behind closed doors. You know, just, just building relationships. But a lot of these players, especially the big time players, already have big time relationships with each other anyway. Outside of the on the off season and stuff like that, they like to hang out with each other. So, so it's it's already relationships being built, but. This All-Star game definitely had a feel for it. We heard Bradley Bill came out and said that he was on a recruiting phase. He was he was out there recruiting uh, unexpectedly. He didn't even expect it to happen, but it was just, it's just natural. It's just how, how it is, you know? 
Well, to defend Bradley Bill, it's hard. I, I think it would it be is. hard to bring anybody to, to Washington. Is. I mean, ownership is in disarray. Scott Brooks is in the hot seat. Uh, we're, we're uncertain about John Wall, even when he's going to come back or what time to ball, even when he comes back. Uh, what's his certainty as a player? I, now, honestly, I like John Wall. Uh, I've loved him since Kentucky. And the growth and maturity that you've seen from coming into the league with no shot to now being a consistent 20-10 and 10 right. player. So, uh, uh, John Wall definitely big time with Bradley Bill, but it's going to be hard to, to, to get some free agents to come to Washington. Obviously, KD has ties there, being born in Maryland, but um, it's it's tough. It's it's tough for Bradley Bill there. But nevertheless, guys, the All-Star game, it's, it's always for show, but all we ask here for Mike and I is just a little bit of defense. <laughs> just a little bit Mark. of defense. Folks, don't go anywhere because when we come back, Mike and I go ahead and discuss the second half of the NBA season. We'll give our teams and some of the teams that are looking outside in and some of the teams are in contention to make a deep playoff push. You're listening to the SEBI Podcast Show, streaming only here on WNSC Radio. Return back here inside the broadcast booth in Studio Z. And our next segment here is proud and sponsored by our partners here on the show. That is Geico. Folks, I don't have to be green and I don't have to be smart. I can even be a gecko. But even a gecko knows this. Geico Gecko. 15 minutes can save you 15% on your car insurance. Our partners here in Central Florida said have noticed that if you want to get your auto, life, anything that deals with insurance, Hit our partners here from get-go. And hey, Mike, um, when I talk about some teams that are outside looking at, like the Lakers, they're sitting at the 10th seed in the East, Western Conference, excuse me. You've got the Orlando Magics here in Orlando, sitting at night spot in the East. Miami, always knocking on the door for a playoff position. And then, of course, you got the contenders. You got the top four in each seed. You got the Bucks, the Raptors, the Celtics, the Philly, Philadelphia Sixers in the East. You've got Oklahoma City, Denver, Golden State, and the Jazz, and the Blazers in the West. And so when we – give me a team that you have your eye that says, you know what, I can see them going on a run here in the second half of the season. I see I see a couple teams. I see the Oklahoma City Thunder continuing their winning ways. I see the Boston Celtics. Going on a going on a nice run because I don't think they want to really. I don't think they look at the four seed. I think they want to be a higher seeding, either through the three seed or the two seed. So I feel like they'll they'll go on a run. Um, I feel like I feel like if they, if they get if they can continue to, to get their rhythm and get these five these their starting five rolling, the Philadelphia 76ers can get on the run as well with the way with the way they've been playing. Um, outside looking in, mm, that's tough. For the West, I like the Sacramento Kings to keep on winning. I like I, I, I like that young core for some like they they love playing at home. I think they're on like an eight game winning streak and they're on their home tour in the last in the last eight home games. They're playing good right now. Those, those are my teams I see making the making a huge run uh, in the last part of the season. 
That's that's interesting that you brought up the Kings because they've been under the radar as of late. Um, we know about De'Aaron Fox um, and how talented that he is. And now that I, I give a lot of thanks to him because he's definitely in, you know, helped with his jump shot. And he stated in one of the interviews with um, Rachel Mickles that he really wanted to work on that piece of his game and get his right. jump shot going. So we know about De'Aaron Fox. We know about Bagley. And now they're bringing in a veteran like Harrison Barnes to complement what Buddy Hill does with the three-point shot. So, um, you know, it's you can't say that a lot about these Sacramento Kings. They've they've been known as the Queens, but they're actually relevant now, and and really? they're in the cusp of maybe in the second half going on a run and making a a uh, late seed in these playoffs. And so you got to give a lot of credit to their GM Vladi. Vladi Divac, who is their GM of the Sacramento Kings. Um, and I think that the veteran leadership of Harrison Martins will help them. And, and Buddy Hill can shoot lights out. You've Bordanovich, the younger brother. So they've got some couple, couple of talents there, and the future is bright for, for Sacramento. But it's interesting when we're talking about playoffs, it's going to be odd not talking about LeBron. I mean, LeBron has been in eight straight finals. And it's it would be seemingly hard to think that okay, maybe he might not make it to the playoffs, but I make it to the NBA finals, but not even the playoffs. Right. Playoffs. I mean, that would be astounding to me. They're sitting at that 10th spot. I expect I expect the greatness of a LeBron James to go on a run. Uh the LeBron James that I know, the heck with it, Mike. He will go on a James Harden run like James Harden did in the latter parts of December, early January. Averaging 20, 36, 30, 39 a game. LeBron James will do that to ensure that the Lake Show, ensure that Magic Johnson, to ensure that Luke Walton doesn't lose his job, to ensure that the Lake Show at least make the playoffs. I think that Kyle Kuzma has asserted himself as the, sec- as the number two option, um, and it hasn't even been close. I think that LeBron James, along with Kyle Kuzma, We'll do just enough to get in the playoffs, and we'll see what uh, they do in the playoffs. You know, playoff rondo is a real thing come playoff time. They've got veterans like Lance Stevenson who's been there and done that, so we'll see. I expect LeBron James to go in one of these epic runs that James Harden did, uh, one of these runs that Paul George has done us recently to ensure that the late show get in the playoffs. And and, and I think that's a team that I, I look out for. Um Another team would be the Blazers. Um, okay. This is a team that I'm a huge Damian Lillard guy. Um, mm-hmm. Dame is Dame Dollar. Uh, Dame Dollar is a real thing. They've been short of Cummings for a while. This is a team that you know they get into the playoffs. They have got a great backcourt with CJ McCollum and him, but they've underperformed essentially what they've done, and so. I want. I have my eyes close on them. I want to see if this is a new year. Terry Scotts is a very underrated coach. Um, now they bring in Ian Scanner. Maybe he can give them some post-game inside. We'll see what they do. But I, my the jury's out on this team because Damian Lillard, I believe, if he doesn't start winning, is one of those guys that will start requesting for 
a trade. And, and knowing Damian Lillard personally, I got a chance to meet him in one of his personal camps. This is a guy that demands excellence, a guy that demands greatness. And I, I, I think that if he continues to put up with shortcomings of going into the playoffs and not doing so well, I think that the Blazers may be in trouble in losing them out there in the great Pacific West. Now, in the Eastern Conference, I agree with you, Boston, I know I'm biased, America knows this, <laughs> I, Boston will have to go on a run. Um, I believe Gordon Hayward is starting to assert himself going, and I believe that, you know, Kyrie is going to have to adapt his game. I, I think that you hear, you see these statistics, they're 9-2 and two without Kyrie on not playing the young guys are prefer him not playing but to win a championship and to be a championship player i think i believe that kyrie Irving's the best closer in the game mm-hmm. kevin Durant may have something to say about that but in the championship game in these big high moments you need kyrie irving on the floor in order to beat the bucks in order to beat the raptors in order to beat philly who's Essentially, the the Celtics have gotten this Sixers number for quite a while. Now. Right, right, but um, those are the three th- three teams right there that I have my eye on uh, moving on forward here in the second half of the NBA season. This is this is my thing when when, when, when people when people talk about the ball. this and oh, they're nine and two without Kyrie, and oh, oh um, some of the players feel like they might be better. When when Kyrie is not playing. They play against sub five hundred teams. He won't play right. against teams like the Hornets, the Knicks, the Cavs, teams like that. You know, but Boston has been great against these top teams. They're three and zero against Philly. They're two and one against Toronto. One and one against Milwaukee. Almost beat the Warriors. Right, Boston, and that's geared, with Kyrie Irving. With Kyrie, and this is all with Kyrie. Boston is geared for a a major run, and that is my pick to go to the NBA Finals. I just look at that. That's just who I see. It's all going to make sense when playoff time arrives. Absolutely. It's all going to make Absolutely. sense because in high leverage moments, I want Kyrie Irving on my team. Absolutely. I, 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 just, I just can't. I, I have to see a team beat that times in the East before I, before I believe some, before I believe someone can knock, stop them from going to the NBA Finals. And and I agree with you with that. Um, I, I kind of like we said, this will all make sense come postseason time because it's a seven game series and you got to beat your opponents four times. Right. As talented as the Bucks are, and I'll admit, Giannis is a man child. Mm-hmm. As talented as Kawhi Leonard is, I believe he's a top three player in the game and still the best two way player in the game. Although Paul George has something to say about that. Um, I, as good as those players are, come postseason time, you're going to see the death of Boston take over. Yes. I think that you're going to see the bench get acclimated more. The Browns, the Haywards, the Terry Roziers, the yes, Marcus Marks. You're going to see the Morrises. And, and Kyrie Irving, if it gets close, you want that guy with the ball in his hands because he'll either distribute it or he'll do what he does best, and that is score the basket in a walking bucket. So it would all make sense come postseason time that Boston will assert themselves as the team to be. It doesn't look good so now, but you know what they say. Some and players starts, are built for the moment, and some players are built for the playoffs. And Seve, you, you're right. It started once they changed the lineup. You know, at the start of the season, they started going Hayward, and they got off to that 10-10 and 10 rocky start. But then when they inserted Marcus Smart into the starting lineup, and, and, and that that's when they went on they went on a big-time run, and they started to win a lot of games. And they've been looking like the Boston Soldiers that we saw last year. Yeah. 
when, when Kyrie was healthy. So all they had to do was switch the lineup. And then when you look at Gordon Haywood, a player like him coming off the bench, a player like Jalen Brown coming off the bench. Like and these right, guys this- are all all-star or all-star in the cusp of being all-star caliber players. Terry exactly. Rozier is a competent. He, he could be a, a starting point guard anywhere. Him and Dennis Schroeder, I believe, are competent backups that could be starters anywhere. You've Absolutely. got Gordon Hayward, who was a 22-point-per-game guy from the Jazz pre-injury. Um, Marcus Smart got a big contrast because of his contribution. Marcus Morris is an underrated asset to Very. what Boston does. Very and, underrated. And Jalen Brown is in his third season, and you can see him assert himself. This is a guy that shot 41% from the three last year. Right. And he couldn't shoot in Cal. So the depth of Boston will show come playoff time, and I, I agree with you. And and one thing that we we tend to forget when we talk about Boston Celtics basketball, we tend to forget about the greatness of Brad Stevens as Amazing. his orchestrator drawing up calls. This guy, they're saying that maybe he's the next pop. I think that's a high pedestal to reach, but he is one of the best coaches, hands down, the top five coach right now. But when the games get tight, you want a guy like Brad Stevens being able to call a timeout and draw something up. So – it, it will all make sense. I, I believe that I would have uh, the the Bucks. The Bucks are right there. The Bucks are right there, and 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 the Raptors are right there. But for my money, I'm gonna go with Kyrie Irving in these crucial moments to to do something in the second half of the season. Definitely, without question, without question. And the the only thing the only thing that scares me about the, the other three teams, the, the other three top teams in the East, with Milwaukee, it's in high leverage moments and playoff games when things get tight outside of Giannis and Chris Middleton, where are they going to get their offense? Absolutely. That's what scares me for Milwaukee with Toronto. The same thing outside of Kawhi Leonard, who do you trust on that team to get their own shot in high leverage moments? Right. You know, right. And, and also with Philly, Philly has arguably the, the best starting five in the NBA outside of Golden State. Absolutely. But, but no when, it, when, you, when, when those players have to sit down, <laughs> Everything yes, starts even out, you know. So, and that's that's the concern for Philly. I agree; they probably have the second best roster, a starting five in the NBA outside of Golden State. But their bench is anemic. And then <laughs> the Bucks, if if Giannis is is have an off night and Chris Middleton has an off night, and my concern with the Bucks is three point shooting. Now, obviously, Miritich helps that, right. but um, three point shooting. Can you trust Giannis consistently hitting those um, in the playoffs? He's he's shown that he can. Kawhi Leonard, uh, another thing. The Raptors have shown that they can win games without him. But now you've lost your depth with only Van Vliet there. OG's gone. Right. Some of these players are gone. Uh, you've got DeLon Wright is gone, a big contribute contributors. Um, you've got uh, guys like um, Powell, who's not there anymore. So they're going in a phase where we've got a great starting five, but where's our depth come postseason time? Whereas team as Boston, you're playing two lineups. So that's going to be interesting for Nick Nurse and Toronto to deal with. But all of these things are going to be fun to watch. Before we leave here, uh, Mike, I, I want to get into some college basketball here and, and, and a team that you in particular write for and a team that you study a lot for, the VCU Rams, 20-6 and six now, looking like the team to be in the AA, AA-10, excuse me, yes, not AAC. Um, obviously, the loss with Davidson helps out. Um, then sure to get the regular season championship, but VCU, what type of team can they be when they get in the tournament? 
they are special teams, baby. They really are. This team plays defense. They get at you. They're nasty. They have rough riders. They have players on this team that they just they want to win. Their 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 camaraderie is amazing. And when it comes playoff time, I believe that they will win the Atlantic Ten Championship. I will be there at, at the Barclays Center in Brooklyn, um, in in, in mid March, and I will be covering. I will be covering them during during, during the Atlantic Ten tournament. But I feel like their their only their only top competition is Davidson, and Dayton. Right. Outside of Davidson and Dayton, I, if they can get past those two, I feel like they have the Atlantic Ten Championship in the bag. And if they win the Atlantic Ten Championship in March Madness, they can upset some teams. Sebi, this team is dangerous. They don't have a big time superstar on their team. They have a collection of great players that play together. They're very well coached by head coach Mike Rhodes. Uh, assistant coach Jamal Brunt came from came from over the University of Miami. He's brought that defensive uh, mentality and that tenacity to this team. Last year they were one of right, the, like Shock is smart as done. Yeah, yeah, right. yeah, yeah. Last year they were one of the worst teams in the country defensively. This year they're three in field goal percentage defensively. This team is uh, is full. They get after you. They they will sneak up on teams on somebody this year if they get in that March Madness tournament. They can definitely make some noise. Absolutely, absolutely. Great stuff there. For a lot of the viewers that don't and listeners that don't know, Mike writes um, and covers some of the most of the VCU Rams games there for us. And and tell them, tell some of the listeners there where they can um, see some of your articles or or check out some of your coverage. Gotcha. You can check out some of my articles on on sportsjourney.com, sportsjourney.com, and go to the other and go to college basketball. You can see all of my VCU articles on that page. Um, Definitely, I live tweet during the games. My, on Twitter, my, my Twitter is at coverage VCU, VCU basketball coverage. You, you'll, you'll catch me live tweeting during the games, uh, retweeting some of the top VCU basketball clips, anything anything related to VCU basketball, I'm all over it. And some of the key players, um, if you don't mind me, Sebi, some of the key players to look out for on this VCU basketball team, point guard Marcus Evans. Uh, right. Guard, he was huge last yeah, night. Yeah, he was, he was, ama- yep. he was amazing. Uh, Marcus Santos Silva was amazing as well with 19 and 12, and that was his fifth double double of the season. Uh, also, Deriante Jenkins, he's a he's a sharpshooter. He can knock down threes, mid range jump shot, and can play great defense. Isaac Van, Isaac Van is a, is, is a great player as well. He he's number 23. He's a shooter. He plays defense. Vince Williams, I love his tenacity. He's like a he's like their Draymond Green, uh, Sebi. He's he he doesn't do it. He doesn't put up the big numbers and stuff, but he does things outside. Like outside outside of the stat sheet that you were diving for loose balls and, and knocking down timely shots like a market smart for Boston, uh, but like this this team is, is is very is very deep. When they go to their bench, they they have guys like PJ Bird coming off the bench, spelling for Marcus Evans that that can give them some quality minutes. Um, Michael Gilmore, Corey Douglas, they they have a deep team, and this team is is one of the best VCU teams we've seen in 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 recent memory. And and I, I believe I feel like they will make some noise and be remembered. Absolutely, there. We're not sure if they're gonna get back to the Final Four in 2011 with Shaka Smarts, but VCU know. will be Never a team know. to watch out for. And we want to thank you guys. I know you'll have fun in the A10 uh, tournament up there in the Barclays. As for me, I got a chance to cover UConn women's. Um, the great coach Gino Ariam at 34 years there oh. got a chance to meet them past this past Sunday here, and I will be at the Amway Center for the um, AAC championship, uh, Houston top 10 right now in the polls. 
uh, they're pretty much a lot to be a two seed in the tournament and teams like also uh, Cincinnati. So I will be in Amway here in Orlando while Mike will be up there in the Barclays Center in the backyard of Jay-Z's. It's a lot of stuff to find out with us here on the Sevy Podcast Show. We could be anywhere in this world, but you're spending it with us. For myself and Michael Gray, we want to say so long from now. Until next time, and this is Sevy Podcast. You've missed some of our recordings or some of our episodes? Have no fear. The Sebi Podcast experience is still here. You can check us out at our website at sebipodcast.info. Again, that is sebipodcast.info for any of our audio segments on Spotify and iTunes and some of our streaming visuals on our YouTube website and links there at sebipodcast.info. Some cool merch. If you want to DM us and send us all of your email requests, we'll be sure to get them here on the Sebi Podcast experience. And remember, folks, whether you're listening on air or viewing online, Sebi Podcast is wherever you go. And that is the slogan.